It is a great-looking Tuesday in some places. Great if you like living in a holiday card, because we've got that setting. Uh, It is going to get a little snowy before it gets warm again. So that's what we're looking at. This hour, we are going to talk about 25 Western students who are headed to Parliament Hill tomorrow. They are not going to be protesting. They're doing something that, in my mind, needs to happen more often. I don't think we spend enough time. And it almost goes back to what Richard was talking about, to what Al was talking about. Both had ideas about policing. And what was it? That you move along slowly, in a way. Al was talking about having a split in the force so that you have maybe a cadet program and they handle certain duties and then you have the full-fledged police force and that branches off, of course, into all of the branches that exist now. So that was something that was brought up. If you do a job shadow, if you show people what it is like to do a certain job, you're doing them a favor. You're showing them a window that can't exist when we have all of these high school students. And I never understand this. These high school students will take whatever it is and look at all the they, – they answer questions and it will spit out jobs that, that whatever program they're doing feels they would be good at. And they have to then take those jobs and they learn a little bit more about them. You're not going to be able to do that on a piece of paper. You can't. You can't do that online. I don't know the best way to learn about a job. Watch somebody do it. How do you train people on the job? Well, I bring a person along and they're beside me and I show them, well, you do this and then you do this and then you go over here. That's how you train somebody. So why don't we spend more time and effort doing that? Why don't we have more of a job shadow program? But we'll find out about 25 students at Western who are headed to Parliament Hill to do that very thing. So that is coming up as well. We may be able to get into a couple of different conversations, one being marijuana and one being sexual assault involving males. And this stems from the St. Michael's College story, of course. St. Michael's private school. And... The fact that it continues to go in a number of different directions. So we may get to that before the show is out. Otherwise, we will certainly get to it tomorrow. We are very lucky, though, this week to be able to celebrate a little bit in London. We get to celebrate a team that brought a championship and the biggest sports parade we have ever seen in London, Ontario. The 2004-2005 London Knights And that Memorial Cup championship team voted team of the century at the last Memorial Cup. There are people who will say, you know where I was at the parade? You know where I stood? That still happens. A lot of the guys, well, they've gone on to all kinds of different things. Last hour, we spoke with Corey Perry. This hour, we are able to speak with another guy who's gone on to an incredibly successful National Hockey League career. And he's a guy Corey Perry pointed to. Mark Mathot. Mark, how are things? Hey, how you guys doing? Not too bad at all. So, 
let's uh, let's go back to what Corey was talking about. I'm, I'm going to take you to a, a specific game. The game was the first game of the Memorial Cup, the lead-up of this juggernaut of a team, the London Knights, who had only lost seven games in the regular season. They'd only lost two in the playoffs. Up against Sidney Crosby, who was the next one in his Ramuski Oceanic. When you guys were in the dressing room before that game, what was that like? Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's a game I'll never forget, for sure. I, you know, before the game, You've got all kinds of emotions running through you, um, and and it's funny when I look back on the tournament, even after the tournament, right after that year. I mean, it was such a blur almost because you, you're taken away from all the uh, the extracurricular celebrations that are going on in the city, and um, because I remember we were all kind of set up in a hotel and taken out of our billet homes, so we were sheltered away from all that energy and stuff like that. So um, I have a hard time actually remembering a lot of the stuff, but. Uh, the dressing room was very much the same as it had been all year. Nothing really changed. We had the same approach going into the game. Uh, nerves were definitely a factor, but um, and that playing against a brand new team that you haven't had any experience playing against, so that was a, a new thing for us. But um, I think the approach was the same, and we had a very confident group, so that that really helped us out. You guys were confident, but you never seemed to say, "You know what? We've got this." You always seemed to wonder. Could we win this? Is that a, a yeah. trait that's a positive in a team? I, th- I think so. Uh, I mean, you never want to be too overconfident, right? I, I think um, staying fairly composed and, and, and within yourselves is, is, is an important thing. But again, I know and I can remember firsthand, like, we never lacked confidence. I, I remember that year, um, just going in every game, even during the regular season in the playoffs, we, we always knew um, every game was ours to lose, so to speak. I mean, um, you know, we just, we had that, that confidence going into games and, and, and we had such a great, uh, team chemistry and, and being that a lot of the guys had been together for several years prior. So for us, like I said, it was the same approach. We knew, you know, in Sid's case playing against Crosby, it was, it was, it was definitely a different kind of animal for us that we'd have to try to defend against. But otherwise, I mean, we just stuck to our game plan and we had great coaching and, 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 and direction there. And, um, Dale was fantastic, I remember. So, uh, you know, we just kind of had to uh, play the hand that we had, and that was a pretty heavy hand. Now, obviously, Sidney Crosby is a phenomenal player. You've now had to play against him so many times in the National Hockey League, but before that first game, did you guys have him played up in your mind that he was going to be different somehow than any other hockey player you'd ever faced? Or could you picture, you know what, he still wears skates like the rest of us? Yeah, you know, I, I remember going into it, I was so motivated to show that we could play with them and shut them down and do all these things. That was my mindset. I was just so competitive in that respect, but I was surprised um, as to how dominant he was when we did finally start playing and got out there. I mean, God, even at his age, at that age, um, he was you know a little younger than all of us. I think he was like 17 at the time. Um, he was just the best player I had ever you know seen. He was so strong. That, that was another thing that... Another attribute that he had that really kind of surprised me. He was just so strong on his skates and hard to knock off the puck, and he, you know, made everybody better around him. And that was obviously the head of the snake on that Ramuski team, and that was a good challenge for us. But um, you know, being in that environment prepared us all for the NHL and the guys that moved on. And um, Sid was a great test for us. Mark Mathana, the Dallas Stars, joining us, also a part of the team of the century. They will be honored on Thursday. Mark, in that first game, a 4-3 overtime win by the London Knights, you're a guy whose job it was to keep 
the goals from going in your net largely. You score twice, including the overtime winner. What was that like for you? I I like the first goal. I, I think I remember going down the wall and I shot it from a ridiculous angle, and I think I went shelf. And I, I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I doing shooting the puck from there? But uh, you know, I, I must have blacked out in those two goals, and then in the OT goal when 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 Perry went across to me and I went uh, I went high again. Um, I don't know. I you know what? You just seem to elevate your game in those high pressure situations. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to, to get a little success and get lucky there and help the team out. But uh, man, I, I look back and I laugh. I <laughs> I probably had no business scoring those two goals. But it, you know, you got different players that step up at different times, and that was the case with that team. And it wasn't always the same guys. And, and you know, Perry was an incredible player, and we had some extremely high offensive. Uh, minded guys but we had everybody contribute every night and that was the thing that I think separated us from everybody else the next time around was the Memorial Cup final where you faced Ramuski. one game it's an opportunity after everything you guys had accomplished all the records you had set all the records you had smashed it comes down to one game how difficult is that oh the pressure was on in that one um I didn't know what to expect. I do know that we were going into that game, that game very well rested because I think we got the little bye that avoided the, uh, was the semifinal. I forget now how the, the tournament was structured, but I know we had a couple of days rest uh, and that was huge for us. Um, we, we went into that game with tons of energy and I thought we played our best game of the tournament in the final and guys like Corey stepped it up so much because not only was he a, a ridiculous scoring threat, but he was almost kind of a heel in that game that he played and took some pretty bad cheap shots. I believe I can remember that and played through it and, and led us to, to victory. And, oh, man, it was such a great feeling. And to this day, you still hear about guys that were at the game, and this is I'm talking ex-NHL players that were in the beer tents or in the city talking about it. And uh, I still, you know, once in a while have a conversation with them about it when they remember where they were at that time. And, Man, it's cool. It's, it's it's a tournament, and it's a game I'm never going to forget. And, and tournaments like that, uh, experiences like that, kind of create these bonds that people talk about when you win championships with your teammates. And I could still, you know, run into a guy like Girardi or, or Pears or, or Savret and, and have a conversation with them, and it's not awkward. You know, like it's like we were just together yesterday. It's funny how it works, and um, it truly is an incredible um, opportunity for guys when they make it that far. And there was no question in that case that uh, it worked uh, in our favor. You mentioned how busy everything was. You were doing double duty. You were doing all the interviews in French throughout all of yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I, uh, I I was able to brush up on my French and we never really had any French guys in London at the time. So I was probably a little rusty, but my family and extended family that were, fr- that are all Frank, Franco Ontarian would tell me, you know, you, you sound great. Don't worry. You know, I would stumble a bunch of times, but it was a great experience. And again, being in that situation and being that it was an NHL lockout year, we had a ton of press and attention, you know, directed towards us. And it truly was the best situation in terms of preparing you for the pro hockey uh, jump. And, and that's something that I think was so invaluable for, for each guy moving forward. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because the Knights continue to, have a lot of players go on to NHL success. Yeah. What is it that you feel you learned that, that you were able to apply? Uh, they just, you know, Dale 
and all the, the and Mark at the time too, like they just they created this NHL culture, and I had nothing but tremendous respect for both of them because you come in there as a 16 or 17 year old in my case, and you see these ex NHL guys that are running the team and 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 the direction that they take you in and and when you know the meetings and all that stuff, it's just you trust what they're saying and um, mix that in with the fact that you're that at the time the brand new John Labatt Center and all the fans we had great filled up buildings every night. It was just a great culture geared towards pro hockey and moving forward. And um, I just remember, you know, it was such a it was such a huge difference from what I had come from playing in Ottawa and Junior A and Junior B and all that stuff. So um, it's a it's an NHL factory. They've produced some fantastic players, and I think a lot of that has to do with the culture that they create there. Mark Mathot of the Dallas Stars with us. Before we let you go, things in Dallas, how are they going? Other than a little injury here and there. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been battling with some bad knee stuff over the last like two seasons now, so I'm just on survival mode, trying to trying to stay healthy. Luckily, I've got my family here, and um, my my son's about to turn one one year old here, uh, December sixth. So uh, I'm very busy, as you can imagine, at the house when I'm not at the rink. So there's no time to feel sorry for myself. I'm very happy, uh, and I'm always motivated. I just got to try to get my body back into gear, but. Otherwise, things are fantastic, and uh, uh, real happy to hear about London and how they're celebrating everything back there. I, th- I think I had to do a little tribute video, a little interview for them that I'm sure will be played there on Thursday. So, um, looking forward to hearing about that, and hopefully, somehow I can uh, make my way back there at some point when I'm done here to check out a game and, and uh, make my presence known again. I hope so. Well, good luck. It sounds like you're a dad who changes diapers, so you may have to do that in the near future. We'll let you go. Oh yeah, all the time, Studsy. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, you're good at it now, though. It's been a year. I'm a friggin' pro, okay? <laughs> I can do it all. I do it all. Well, that describes <laughs> you to a T in everything. Mark, congratulations on the career that you have had, and thanks for reliving some memories with us. Thanks, Dante. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Okay, bye. That's Mark Mathot of the Dallas Stars. Let's take a break. Up next, we'll talk job shadow. And, hey, Mark just alluded to it there. You come in as a 16 or a 17-year-old, and you've got Mark and Dale Hunter, who both had long NHL careers, and they're able to say, you know what, if you have the skill, if you have the talent, here are the other things you need to know. Here's what it's like. And you've got Mark Mathot. Off he goes to a very long National Hockey League career that continues to this day. This is London Live on Global News Radio 980 CFPL.